Welcome back to episode 12 of Money Equals M Squared, brought to you by Lagos Lucas and Torello Wealth Management. My name is Mike Torello, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Lucas, as we talk about today's topic, visualizing your retirement. Today, we're going to focus in on six things that we find that are extremely important for clients when they're getting ready to retire, so that way they can be fully prepared to understand and see what retirement's going to look like. We're going to go over their income planning, their budget, taking a look at healthcare, where to live, what they're going to do, and then what we call a practice retirement. Absolutely. Yeah, Mike, there's a lot to think about when you're jumping into retirement. I know it's a really big decision. This should help us guide you with a roadmap on how to get there. So I'll first dive into the income planning. So when you retire, when you think back in the day when interest rates were high, you used to create a big lump sum of money, and then you just live off the dividends. Well, unfortunately, with, net, with the environment that we have nowadays, interest rates aren't in the 8 or 9 or 10%. So one of two things would have to happen. Um, you'd either have to save a lot more money okay, to be able to generate the same type of income that you used to back in the day, um, or you'd have to work a lot longer. And no one really wants to do that. So in, implementing a proper plan will help you with that. So um, let's talk about first the income the income planning, how to determine where to take money from. Mike and I both use bucket strategies where we identify certain accounts, place them in different types of buckets, and then we plan on taking those during a specific period of time. So for instance, the first five years or so of your retirement, you really don't wanna to try to dip into something that's market related. I mean, obviously we're in an environment right now where the market's going up and down, it's pretty chaotic. So we want some type of bucket that's safe and secure, okay? So this comes about in some type of guaranteed or a money market account, something that's liquid, that's not gonna be impacted by the market, okay? So that's what we're gonna use for our first bucket. Okay, the second bucket is probably something that's more intermediate. You know, think of it, you know, it's something where it has some short-term vehicles where it's not gonna be as volatile, and then potentially maybe have some long-term vehicles in that arena. It's gonna target around a four to 6% rate of return in a normal environment. And that's what you can use in year six through 10 or six through, you know, you know 15. Um, and then obviously money that you don't plan on using for 15 years, I mean, think back when you were working. You could take a good amount of risk or a normal risk to get that money to grow. So when we're planning on taking distributions in our retirement stages, we want to plan accordingly and make sure we have buckets, you know, that will allow our money to grow, but also we don't have to worry about what the market's doing in the short term. So Mike, you talked about those buckets and creating those buckets and everything like that. The biggest question, you know, how do how does someone create those buckets? How do they know what type of investments to use to be able to get that set up for themselves? Well, I mean, that's a lot of well, the work that we do. You know, uh, you know as, a, as an investor, you don't really want to have to worry about a lot of these things. That's where we come into play is to help you figure out how much money you got to drop inside those buckets. You know, and now you know, nowadays with interest rates, we know exactly what we're going to get for some of these short term vehicles. Um, we know exactly what we'll have to put in there to get us through income during that stage. And, and I know we'll get into a little bit about budget in a little bit, but you've got to figure out what that budget is. And then we'll put aside money in one of those short-term accounts to be able to take out enough money. Awesome. And then, you know, you said like the money we're going to use for the first five years is going to be, you know, essentially 
very conservative and get more aggressive as we go. What happens when five years goes by? Are we changing the buckets at that point? Are we becoming more conservative or do they stay where they are? Yeah, it's just something that you have to actively look into those accounts and that's where we come into play to make changes within, within those accounts. You know, unless it's a money market, a lot of these shorter term vehicles, they aren't completely liquid. So we have to proactively start funding some of these accounts prior to using. We want them to come mature when it's, it's a planned use. So it's something that Mike and I and our team do on an ongoing basis is to continue to create these accounts so when you need that money, it becomes available. Great. Second point we kind of take a look at, and you know, this is a big thing in, in retirement, obviously in your working years, you, know, you try to sock away money in 401ks and things along those lines to help you with taxes. But you know, when, you're, when you're talking about retirement distribution, taxes are a very important thing. So now when you're saving for retirement, there are a couple different ways you can save. Um, you can save on a pre-tax basis, and those are things like 401ks, 403bs, traditional IRAs. When money comes out of that, 100% of those assets are taxed as ordinary income, okay? But there are other vehicles too, like after-tax accounts, like Roth IRAs or non-qualified annuities that potentially you might be able to take some of that money out on a tax-free basis. So it's important to plan so you're not getting hit really hard in one of those years, maybe potentially taking some money from a Roth IRA to help with some of those tax consequences down the line. Great. So, so I mean, the important thing there is really just taking a look at the taxes and really planning out as opposed to just randomly grabbing accounts and then getting hit with a big tax bill. Yeah, I mean, we've always preached diversification with investing overall. You know, what you want some, some international, some small cap, you know, some bonds inside your portfolio. But it's really important too to diversify where your income's coming from taxable and non-taxable accounts in your reti retirement distribution phase. Great. So the last point um, with income planning, and, and this is something that, you know, you, you hear a lot of old timers say, ah, oh, man, I got to take money out of my retirement accounts every year. But we have something that's called a required minimum distribution. It's also known as an RMD. Um, and you're required to take out a portion of your uh, non-Roth accounts every single year for income. And this is something that if you plan properly, some people take that out before the RMD kicks in to help ease the burden of some of those taxes. But there is, one point, there is some point in time where you'll have to start take some retirement distributions um, just because of the couple of laws. Last couple of years, it's now 73 to start taking distributions out if you haven't started taking RMDs already. So basically anyone that has those traditional retirement accounts, when they turn age 73, they have to start taking a portion of their account so that's something that we can help people factor into their income plan and figuring out how much money they're going to have in retirement because this money they have to take out anyways. Yep. Uncle Sam wants their, wants their check, so they want to make sure that you're taking the money out. So then a portion of that obviously goes to them. Perfect. So moving on to our next topic, really talking about um, budgeting in retirement. So the biggest thing um, when we're talking about budgeting in retirement, the first thing is creating that retirement budget. So when we say creating the retirement budget, what we're focusing in on is finding out how much money you want to live on and what that's going to accomplish. So the first thing that I tell people is as we're getting ready for retirement, we're four or five years out, we want to take a look at how much money are we actually spending in a given month. 
So that's not just your bills. It's literally how much money that you're spending. Um, an exercise that I encourage people to do is go for a month or two of only using their debit cards or credit cards. Don't use any cash so that way everything's tracked. We can take a look at the entire amount of money that they're spending in a given month and that way we can begin to project that out over their lifetime and see how much money they need to live on. When you're working, you have certain expenses that are simply associated with the fact that you're working. So you don't wanna just look at your income. Things like saving for your retirement, your dues at work and stuff like that, those are gonna go away when you stop working. So it's important to look at how much money is actually leaving your household and how much you're spending and what you're gonna to wanna to spend that on. Yeah, I mean, nowadays, credit cards, you talked about it before, if you just use credit cards, it, it literally has an itemized of food, you know, electricity, you know, different type of expenses. So it's easier to track if, you, if you're using one method. Absolutely, and you know, that's one of the things, you know, you're just able to pull it yourself and take a look and say, are, were some of these things one-offs and look at it, or is this just my regular monthly expenses and this is what I have to plan for? Um, the next thing, like I said, you know, what should we include in that budget? The biggest thing is you should really include everything in that budget. Everything should be included from what you need to spend. So whether that be your mortgage or your taxes on your house, all the way down to what type of entertainment and things you want to enjoy. Everyone talks about retirement being the fun years and the time where they're really going to enjoy life. We need to factor that money in to your budget so that way you have the money to be able to do things that can get expensive. Yeah, and Mike, you brought up a good point, you know, a mortgage in a budget. You know, some people like to make sure their house is paid off. You know, you know, we're not a big proponent of paying the house off or not paying the house off, but build it into the budget. And I think you brought up a good point there. Maybe just always kind of have a little bit extra because of inflation, because the world that we live on, you know, I think it's important to, to, to have a little extra just in case. You know, and you brought up extra and that was, that was going to be my last point is really factoring in, you know, a slush fund there. Because the biggest thing is now that you're retired, there's no more money that you're going to earn. You're not working anymore. You don't have any more paychecks coming in. So we need to factor in some extra, like you said, for inflation, for expenses that we don't know. You know, if something happens to the roof or something happens to the car, you need to have money there that you're not relying on to pay your bills because that could derail the plan in the first year. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, you know, when we throw together our plan, you know, budget's, a, you know, obviously an important factor to it. But it's not like we every all the assets that we have rely on that budget. You know, we, we make sure there's a lot of wiggle room in there for things like you know, roof for the leak, car to break down. You know, there are, uh, you know, aspects of that plan where we can get lump sums of money out. So it really isn't you know, destroying that portfolio with a major event like that. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I think that the next uh, topic I'll cover is where to live, you know, and, and this is a really tough one for us to do. I mean, obviously we have goals. We have, you, you know, we, we have things that we really like to do. We don't like to, you know, put our goals on other people, but it's important for people's people and family to sit down and think about how they envision themselves in retirement. You know, and I, and I tell a lot of people, you know, you, you have to think about where you want to be long term. And if it's traveling and doing a lot of things, you need to save a lot more money. But a lot of people are comfortable just, you know, relaxing at a local beach or, you know, if they've got a cottage, relaxing at the cottage, you know, and if that's paid up beforehand, you know, it really impacts the plan. So I encourage a lot of people to really envision how they see themselves in retirement um, early on in retirement. You know, and as you get later and later in retirement, to nail that down even a little bit more. 
Yeah, and you, you know, you brought it up like, what what is the vision? Where are you going to be? Like, I can't tell a client, hey, you should live here. <laughs> but I need them to tell us because that's gonna make a huge difference in the plan, right? You know, are they buying a bigger house, right? To the whole family can come to because they're moving away or are they staying in the house they've been in for 30 years? That makes a huge difference for us when it comes time for planning and it really is something we just need to know but you have to take the time to visualize it yourself. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, what people do when they retire is they downsize. You know, they don't wanna clean as much. You know, they don't wanna have as much upkeep. You know, they might even potentially move into a condo so they don't have to worry about doing landscaping or outdoor work. But either way, it's really important to have a goal and have a vision, you know, so we can help you with that. Um, you know, and if you downsize, I mean, obviously, if you're, if you're downsizing, getting something smaller, if it's locally in the area, the nice part about that is more than likely you'll profit. You know, and then we can go, go ahead and use that profit to put in other areas you know, whether it's to provide extra income, whether it's to, to, you know, go on, you know, more vacations, you know, per year. So these are things that it's important to think about and put into that plan. Um, a lot of people, you know, they, when they're retired, they have more time. They may potentially want to buy a second residence. Um, you know, I know Florida's become more and more popular. It's, it's more and more expensive to go down there. Um, it's not like it was back in the day where you can swoop up a condo and, you know, it's, it's ultra cheap. Um, it's getting a little bit more expensive. So if that's a plan, it's really important for us to know that so, so we can help you put aside money to get to those, you know, those goals. Right, yeah, it's, it's something we don't like to be sprung on those ideas after you've already retired and we put the plan in place because now it's an entirely new plan. Um, that's why you know, we said this, is, you know, this episode's visualizing retirement. It's really taking the time out. And this is stuff that we wanna do four, five, six years before you've actually retired. So we still have time to make adjustments and make it work within your overall plan. Yeah, I mean, we have clients that, you know, they, they see this vision 15 years before retirement. And they're go, they go ahead and purchase one of those places down in Florida or on a cottage. And nowadays with internet and, and things along those lines, they can just, you know, they rent it out, you know, and, and, until they're ready to go down there. But now they don't have to worry about pr home prices going up and, and things along those lines. So again, the, the, I guess the moral of this part of it is plan ahead. You know, if, if that's a goal of yours, you know, let us help you get to that goal and get to that achievement. Perfect. So let's take a break here. We're halfway through. We'll uh, head into our community spotlight and when we come back, we'll, we'll finish off visualizing your retirement. Welcome to this week's community spotlight, the segment of our show where we focus in on the small businesses located in our community. This week, we're focusing in on Precision Plumbing Solutions located in Durham, Connecticut. They can be reached by phone at 860 754 69 Five, five. Brian Reed started his plumbing business in 2013 after the birth of his first daughter. Currently, Pre Precision Plumbing Solutions specializes in well repair and outdoor living work, pool houses, outdoor kitchens, and gas piping for pool heaters and fire pits. Precision Plumbing offers all services for residential, commercial, and industrial customers and will also be expanding to include drain cleanings and camera services. Precision Plumbing mainly services Middlesex County and the Connecticut shoreline. Again, that's Precision Plumbing Solutions from Durham, Connecticut, and they can be contacted at 860-754-6955 or by emailing precisionplumbingsolutions at yahoo.com. 
All right, welcome back to Money Equals M Squared. Today's episode 12, we're talking about visualizing retirement. So, Mike, before the break, we were talking about, you know, creating a budget, planning out some income planning, and uh, where you would potentially live in retirement. One of the things else that we want to focus in on is healthcare and what those healthcare expenses are really going to look like. So the first thing that I always like to bring up and make sure we're planning is those pre-Medicare expenses. We do a lot of work with school teachers. A lot of school teachers try to retire in their early 60s before they reach 65. And the number one thing that comes into that plan is, okay, now you're going to have to pay for your medical expenses until you get on Medicare, which can be very expensive. (laughs) Um, A lot of people don't realize that they've paid for their health insurance through work for their entire working career. And now to pay the entire part of the plan is going to drive those expenses up a lot. And it's something that we need to factor into the plan if you're going to retire (laughs) pre-65. Yeah, I mean, think about it. The teacher, if they, let's say, taught right at a college, they're 22 or 23, you max out your pension at 37 and a half years. That puts you at 60 years old. So, and back in the day, you know, some of this healthcare was covered by the schools. So there wasn't a lot of planning to, to go through. But now a lot of that's changed. Healthcare's changed a lot. It's gone up in price. A lot of these institutions are looking to cut back costs. So the cost then is getting relayed to the employee. So it's important for us to plan for it. Right. So, and, and that's just before you turn 65. And then the other thing is once you actually turn 65, what to do with Medicare. You know, we're going to do an entire episode later on on actual Medicare and Medicare expenses and everything like that, because that's a whole topic in itself. But the biggest thing to know with Medicare is it's not just sign up, pay for Part A and Part B right out of your Social Security, and then you're all set. Because that's not going to cover everything that you're going to need as you get older. Um, it's looking into your supplement plans, figuring out how much you need to spend on a supplement plan what that's going to cover and what you're going to be left with out of pocket. So then again, it goes back to our plan and into our budget. So that way we can show you this is what it's going to cost you in retirement. Yeah, I mean, the nice part about that is let's say we're retiring at 62. Yeah, we know we have three years of planning. You know, and after that, obviously the, the costs are much less, you know, but we know exactly what we're planning for. We know how many years to plan for. It's easy to plan for it, but you got to plan for it. You, you can't just say, oh, yeah, well, I'm retiring now and I need another $2,000 a month. Exactly. And, and that's what we, we're seeing for costs. You know, we're seeing thousands of dollars a month for health insurance for people that are, you know, between 60 and 65, because let's be honest, they're more at risk to use their insurance. So it's going to cost them a little bit more. Um, the last piece that, you know, we wanted to mention as far as healthcare and making sure people understand is long-term care expenses. Um, long-term care is one of the most expensive costs in the United States today that faces seniors. Um, as people are retired and they're getting older in retirement, they're more likely to experience a long-term care event. And to be honest, this is the number one thing that can throw a plan off the rails if we don't properly plan for it. Um, long-term care insurance is something that's become more and more popular with people to protect against that expense, but it's expensive and it's something that we need to plan for. Otherwise, it's something as simple as a a week-long hospital stay or a few months in a nursing home could completely derail everything that you plan and save for your entire life. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, nowadays, as the baby boomers start to retire more and more, they've seen some of this impact, you know, from their parents, you know, and, and, and this is something that they want to get ahead of for the planning process. Um, and I think, you know, the long-term care expenses and, and, and things in general have started to evolve more and more. They've become hybrid products, you know, that we can utilize to, to capture some of that. Because like you said, long-term care is very expensive. 
in that area, you know, what are some of the ways that we potentially might not get to have to pay that much and take care of some type of benefit as well? Yeah, and, and what that really comes down to is, again, as an individual, what makes more sense for you? Does it make more sense to take a chance that you're not going to have a long-term care event or to pay more money and, and to put it in your budget to protect yourself should something happen? And either way is okay. It's just knowing what, what risk you're taking. So should the other happen, you know where you are. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, we, we don't want to see a long-term care event to derail that. Um, but you know, we also sometimes it may be too late in the game to prepare for that. So that's why it's important to think of these things. You know, not necessarily when you're starting to retire, but I think the sweet spot for long-term care, Mike, is what fifties. Yeah, usually, usually when someone's in their fifties is the best time to start looking at it because you're going to get a significant discount on your initial pricing. Um, you're going to be you're most likely to get approved because you're health. Generally speaking, you're healthier when you're younger, yeah. um, and you're able to kind of lock in some of that initial pricing now. You know, prices can go up over time, just like any other insurance as you get older and things like that. But it's important to kind of lock that in, lock in your insurability so that way you can't lose the coverage in the future when you do need it. Sure. All right. So let's go on to our next uh, topic, Mike. And, and this is what to do. I mean, you know, I've, I've had a lot of clients, you know, retire and go back to work. I have a lot of clients, you know, retire and then unfortunately get sick. So I think before you retire... I think it's important to think about, okay, hey, what am I going to do to occupy myself? Because, you know, if you're working 35 or 40 hours a week and then all of a sudden now that's gone, I think it's important to have a plan on what to do. And, and some people might be crazy and say, Mike, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to have a plan. I don't want to be able to do that stuff. Um, and that's fine. But some people need to have some type of structure in their lives. So, you know, some of the things, you know, that, that I, I have a lot of my clients like to do when they retire is, you know, golf or, 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 or some type of activity. I know pickleball has become more and more, uh, you know, popular, uh, obviously in the South, but even coming up in the Northeast now, there's pickleball courts all over the place. I think it's really important to have some type of activity plan when you retire. So that way, you know, the, 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 you don't get bored and want to go back to work. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think the biggest thing with the activity is, right, it, for the most part, people aren't picking up something new. It's something they've, they've done or dabbled in or enjoyed their entire life, but now it's, they're doing that in place of work. You know, that's something that's going to be, they're going to do more of. So you got to just, what do you want to do? How are you going to enjoy yourself? Because you're going to have all this time on your hands. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that I would suggest people to do is get connected on potentially on social media. There's a lot of groups out there, whether it's a pickleball group or they're a golf group. Um, you know, when I was younger, I really enjoyed fishing. I think if you can get connected socially in one of those groups, you'll fit in and you'll definitely be able to enjoy your retirement right off the bat. You know, because quite frankly, you know, when you retire, let's say if you're in your, you know, 60s or, you know, or, or mid 60s, you're not going to be able to stay completely active your whole life. I mean, some people do, but you know, those first couple of years are really important to stay active, to get your mind focused, you know, that, that, that way you can enjoy retirement and you're not stressed in it. Right. I mean, most people are the most active in those first few years of retirement. That's where they do the most things. That's where they travel the most. They try the most new things. And then as they get older, they eventually slow down. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, with, with what we talked about budget and income distribution, a lot of times we plan to have more money coming in those first five or 10 years because they know they're going to do more things in those earlier years. So some of the other activities, you know, you can do is obviously, you know, when you're working, it's hard to get away from work. 
um, hard to take uh, vacations. So, you know, maybe it's planning a larger vacation or a more extended vacation. So these are activities that obviously before retirement, you want to think about one of the, what are some of those goals that you want to do. So, so you can have, you know, obviously there's a countdown. It's exciting to retire. But those are th- some of the other things that you can look forward to. Right. Like, I, I mean, I have clients myself that, you know, v- traveling is so important to them that they've earmarked certain money from the time they were in their 40s just for travel. And that's their travel fund in retirement. They want to build that up as big as they can and then spend it down. And then when it's gone, it's gone. But it's so important for them to travel that they want to make sure that that is a separate fund outside their monthly budget that they know they can call and say, hey, we planned a trip. We're ready to go. Send us some money. Absolutely. And I think the last thing to kind of point up with activity, um, you know, I see it myself, you know, with my mom and my mother-in-law helping out is helping out with the kids, you know, being able to retire and provide that support to help out grandkids and, and when kids bring them to those activities. Those are things, you know, that, that I know my kids, you know, and, and, and growing up, you know, my grandparents, I'll never forget. You know, those are things that will touch those lives forever and obviously make you feel better. Right. And as awesome it is, and, I, you know, I have the same experience, you know, with my kids and my parents, um, as much as it's awesome for the experience, that experience does cost money. <laughs> so it's important to say, you know, if, if your goal in retirement is to spoil the grandkids, let us know. You know, when we're planning out that budget, what should be in that budget? Spoiling the grandkids. How, what are we going to do? We're going to, you know, take them to a couple events or we're going to take them out to dinner a few, you know, a few times a month. Great. That's awesome. Let's plan for it so that we have the money to be able to do that. Absolutely. So the last thing we're talking about today is really practicing retirement. So I think this is one of the, the key things that comes to all of this planning and everything that we've talked about today is those last couple years before you retire – Take a look at your budget, take a look at what your expenses are, and then pretend that that's the income that you have to live on. Most people are going to live on less money than when they were working. So I think one of the keys is in those last couple of years, take a four, five, six month period where you try to live on that income. Do we live on enough? Are we living on not enough? Or are we living on too much money and we're actually putting money aside? And that way we're able to adjust the plan a few times before it's time to actually call it quits and stop working while we still have time to make a change. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you talked about the budget and adjusting, but, you know, I think even in general, take some time off, you know, is this really what you want to do? You knowing you're not going to go back to work, you know, because most of the time, once you retire and, and leave, it's really hard to kind of get back. I mean, obviously a company's going to fill that position, you know, so make sure it's, you know, that's really what you want to do before you go ahead and do it. Right. A lot of people nowadays are, they're phasing in their retirement. You know, they're going down from say five days a week to three days before they eventually stop. And that's helpful to, like you said before, you don't get bored, yeah. right? You're starting to get used to, okay, I'm home all day. And what do I do? Yeah. I mean, I did tell you a funny story. I had a client retire. Um, you know, they're like, yeah, I can't wait to retire, go home, relax all day. And uh, the spouse said, oh, if you're going to be home all day, I'm working. I'm going to have a list of chores for you to do. And they said, you know what? Never mind. I'll just phase out and go back to work a little bit. Yeah, it, exactly. It's a completely different lifestyle than when you're just going to work every single day. And you really got to figure out what you want to do. <laughs> yep. So I think that wraps up um, everything we wanted to talk about today. It wraps up episode 12. Um, make sure you check us out online at LLTWM.com or on Instagram at Team LLT. Thanks. 
The views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily the views and opinions of Satera Investment Services. Any recommendations mentioned in this episode are meant for educational purposes only and should not be construed as advice or personal recommendations. Always consult your financial advisor, tax advisor, or attorney for details related to your specific risks, goals, and objectives. Investments have risk and can lose value. They are not FDIC insured. The situations presented are hypothetical to illustrate key topics and should not be construed as actual client situations or experiences. Lagus Lucas and Torello Wealth Management operates under Satera Investors and is responsible for the production of this show. All views and opinions are solely that of Lagus Lucas and Torello Wealth Management. You should always obtain a prospectus when available prior to investing to know your risks, costs, and fees associated with the investment. The advice and strategies presented today are general in nature and should not be used in your planning until you consult with your attorney and CPA on your specific situation. A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Asset allocation is an investment strategy that will not guarantee a profit or protect you from loss. Satera Investors is a marketing name of Satera Investment Services, securities and insurance offered through Satera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, advisory services offered through Satera Investment Advisors, LLC. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity, 127 Washington Avenue, second floor west, North Haven, Connecticut, 06473, phone number 203-239-4545. Individuals affiliated with this broker-dealer firm are either investment advisor representatives who offer only investment advisory services and receive fees based on assets or registered representatives who offer brokerage services and receive transaction-based compensation or both an investment advisor representative or registered representative who can offer both types of services.